Hello and welcome Success Grid Nation to this new episode of the Success Grid podcast with Rosh Hussain Talib. In this episode, I have with me Mark Young. He's the author of Date Your Clients, an educator and teacher. Being the product of generations of entrepreneurs, Mark is no stranger to the high-stakes world of business ownership. Hopefully, you listen to this episode and enjoy it and get certain nuggets from it. Also, I would love to speak with you personally to discuss certain things how I can serve you better the wants and needs that you are looking for go to successsecret.net forward slash free call and we will discuss together uh, certain things that involve business entrepreneurship and personal growth so I can serve you more serve you better in a way that will make the success Grid podcast a better one with your help so Get in a call with me via Zoom. Go to successagrid.net forward slash free call. Looking forward to this. Love to know your thoughts about things. See you later. Mark, welcome to the grid. Thank you so much, Hussein. It's a pleasure being here. Awesome to have you here. So first of all, start telling our audience your story because from what I understand, from what I spoke just a minute ago, that you and your family basically entrepreneurs so how does that feel to be in a family of entrepreneurs because most most people in general i assume don't come from these kind of uh, atmospheres let's say well i'll tell you what hussein saying that i come from a family of entrepreneurs is a true statement um i do my family's always been in business owned businesses and so on um how does that feel hmm, that's an interesting question um i suppose it um, it makes you grow up with a solid and healthy respect for hard work. How's that? <laughs> we, you grow up knowing that from an early age, I mean, I remember, I remember just being a kid and there were jobs to do. Like I remember when we used to sell products and I'd come home from school to help pack boxes and then drive them to UPS to make sure that they got delivered. <laughs> so you, you grow up with that. You do whatever it takes to get the job done. And any of your audience who, who understands or is an entrepreneur definitely understands that there is no job description. You do whatever it takes to get the job done. In general, what we see in general from people, they follow their people's or family's footsteps. Like, for example, if the father or the mother was a doctor, they will probably be a doctor or a lawyer or whatever so it's do you think it was a good thing for you that you were born in this in this place or this atmosphere or this environment oh gosh how do i answer that um what i will say to that is i was the person who always swore that i would never follow in the family footsteps that i didn't want to be that person um and i spent most of my career working in higher education where i was a college professor and teacher for years and administrator at, at universities um and of all the darn things here i am running an advertising agency just like my dad runs an advertising agency <laughs> so maybe there's just a familiarity you just get you just get so used to how familiar things are that you kind of you kind of that's life now you knew wrote your book uh, how when did you write that book and what was the reason behind writing this book yeah well i started writing the book the funny thing is is that book started hussein as an email to a client of mine okay and it started because i was trying to explain a concept to a client that i just didn't think she was wrapping her head around i didn't think she 
adequately understood what I was saying. And I had the tendency to speak in metaphors. And as I was talking to her, I said, well, so understand when you're, when you're making an impression on a customer, it's kind of like you're going on a first date. Like the marketing company's job is to get you as many first dates as possible. But <laughs> what you do past the first date is completely up to you. Like I can introduce you to people, but you have to sell them. Like you have to be the person who's capable of closing the deal. You have to be the person who gets that client um, to make a purchase. Like it doesn't matter how pretty your website is, like your product has to deliver. Right. And and so in this conversation, she was like, Oh, I don't know. And just really wishy-washy on this. And I'm like, no, listen to me. And, and I started explaining, I'm like, look, it's your, your, your first impression to a customer. It's kind of like a dating profile. Like the goal of your dating profile, you put the prettiest pictures, you put the best description, you put all your good qualities, like all of that stuff goes on your profile because the goal is just to make the visitor swipe right. All I want them to do is to be interested to talk again. And I'm like, and, and if you're putting too much information out there about yourself or you're, you're, you're missing something about yourself, even worse, I'm like, the problem is, is that people aren't coming back. Like, mm. so the issue is, is you have to be able to, to get out there and, and uh, get more second dates. So this conversation, I'm like, well, let's take it offline. Like, let's, let's go ahead. I'll write something up. I'll send it to you. We can chat more later. And it's funny enough that we ended up continuing the conversation in email. And I kept trying to explain to her in this email over and over again. I'm like, but look, this is the deal. Like we need to do this and this. And so that conversation just grew and grew. Um, and then eventually became an entire book. And so this life cycle of learning how to court your clients, um, it became kind of a fun conversation because there's so many parallels, Hussein, and that I'm a relationship-focused person. And as a relationship-focused person, my big goal is I want to make sure that we're building long-term relationships with our clients, right? We're trying to build good relationships with yeah, them. We're yeah. trying to get them to keep coming back. Um, and so many entrepreneurs, again, I run an, an advertising agency, so we spend a lot of time with um, entrepreneurs, with people who are coming to us with a product or something they're trying to sell and, and they want to have, you know, sales, but we're always trying to talk to them. Like transactions are fantastic, but what's even better is relationships. Yeah. I don't want a customer to buy from me one time. I want a customer to buy from me over and over and over again. Definitely, and yes. that happens in relationships. Yeah. Um, and if there's, if there's a problem in a relationship, then we solve it. Then we, you know, we, we damage control. We figure out what's going on. And, and I keep relating this to my clients in many ways, but I keep coming back to this. It's like dating. Not everything is going to be perfect, but you need to decide, is there enough good to make it worthwhile? And, and how do you, how do you make your client feel special? And how do you make your client feel like, you know what his or her needs are. So exactly. yeah, that, that parallel just keeps coming up over and over again. Close, because like you do want to get the second date because in general, you won't have a business or grow your business if your customer buys from you once, like you mentioned. You want to keep your customers buying from you again and again for the future. So how do you establish a great, let's say, a great relationship with your customers? How do you begin? Is there certain framework or steps that 
an entrepreneur or a business should be working on? Well, it depends on the business, I think, because our our business model is such that we deal with clients on a long-term basis, right? We're, we're helping them market and advertise their products. Um, but if they're trying to sell a product, building a relationship with a consumer, they may never meet because it's all online. It's all e-commerce focused. It's a different type of relationship. Um, you know, it's like getting to know somebody online versus getting to know somebody in person. So it is a, it is a different experience. Um, but beyond that, what I'll say is that um, the biggest thing I will say is two things I'll, I'll, I'll mention, and this goes for anybody. And the first one is we need to, first of all, understand the client's expectations because everybody comes into any relationship with some expectation of what's supposed to happen. Mm. And so when we come into a relationship, the other person has an idea of what we're supposed to do. They have an idea of what their expected outcome is. And if I don't take the time to figure out what they expect of me, I may disappoint over and over and over again. And it's not because I'm not trying. It's because I just don't know. Um, and the other thing is that I also need to understand that client's needs, which may be, may be closely related to those expectations. But in terms of needs, a lot of times, you know, I'll have an entrepreneur come to me and say, you know, here's my product. I need to figure out how to sell it. And I'm trying to say, okay, but before you ever invented a product, did you ever figure out who needed it? Because entrepreneurs by and large find problems and solve them. And if I find a problem and solve it, then my audience is anybody who has that problem. Um, so that, that becomes the conversation is I need to figure out what the needs of my clients are. Um, mm. For us as an, as an advertising and marketing agency, um, the needs of our clients vary all over the place because some client may need everything. Some other client may only need some very niche services. Um, and we need to figure that out and we need to build trust. They need to feel like we understand their business. They need to feel that as we're taking the time to get to know them. Um, and more often than not, what I find, and this is true of a lot of entrepreneurs, you mentioned to me offline that a lot of your audience is e-commerce focused businesses. Um, and one of the biggest pieces I can give of advice to e-commerce businesses is quit talking about yourself. The customer doesn't want to hear about you. They want to hear about what you can do to fix them. They, they want to know about themselves. You know, I'm my own favorite topic. And from, a, from an audience standpoint, I don't want to go to a website and read all about your product and all about your history and all about your story. I want to know how you fix me. Tell me how your product makes my life better. Talk about my problem. Tell me how you fix it. And now we're going to talk about a transaction. But if you just spend all of your time talking about you, you've left me out of the conversation. Mm. And that's not very relational. Yeah. So so first of all, any, any business should have, for example, a certain avatar for their perfect client and start work, working with that to develop this long-term relationship and have the repeat business and maximize their potential internally with the company having more revenue and profits and maximizing maximizing the return of their clients. Well, and we refer to that as what's called lifetime value. And, and lifetime value of a consumer is, sure, I can get one transaction from you, but how do I get more than one? 
And, and that really becomes the issue. And that is I, I can trick people into buying from me once, but I can't trick them into buying multiple times. I actually have to have a product that does what it says. And I have to be a, a company with a reputation um, for delivering successfully. And that's what I think we're missing. So do you think that your background in psychology helped you with your business and helping your clients? So, yes, I actually do have a background in clinical psychology, and I do believe that the psychology of the sale has a lot to do um, with what we deal with with our clients. And that is understanding the psychology behind the consumer and the buying process. Um, and I'll tell you, and this is where Date Your Clients makes a lot of sense in this conversation, is, is understanding needs. I mean, even, even in a clinical setting, even if you're talking to, let's say, a, a married couple and you're trying to help them resolve marital conflict, what's the first thing you try to do? Figure out what need isn't getting met. Mm. You know, what, what is it about her that feels unfulfilled by him? Or what's, what is it about him that feels unfulfilled by her? And when you can get to the core of those things, you can fix the problems because you typically find out there's more in common than there isn't. Um, and that that hunt for the need, that digging deep kind of situation is, I'll say it, it's probably the biggest uh, thing for a consumer is figuring out what is what is it the consumer wants from me and how can I deliver that at a, at a respectable price? Um, and that's what consumers are looking for. Tell me what you can do for me. Meet my needs. Yeah, because like now with online businesses, there is now basically... Uh, you have to, when you want to do make a sale, say, uh, the buyer probably maybe knows more about the certain product or they can do a research on Google and see that, for example, the, your product does not fit them and see the other people's, the competitors. So you need to distinguish yourself with the, being in a relationship, a good relationship with the customer. Otherwise, they will go somewhere else. Exactly, because now the buyer knows a lot of things that like like the old days, it's like the seller, the salesman tells everything and this is, this is all you get and all you are going to know and you are going to make the purchase. And, and that's 100% true. And one of the things that, that we talk about here, Zane, is that we're in, a, we're in an age of information and anybody can learn anything they want at any time. So there's no shortage of information out there. And Aside from that, what I'll say is there is also a, um, what do I want to say? There, there's no lack of options. There, there's, a, there's a lot of people who are doing what most people are doing. And that is most businesses, because of this online world, most businesses have become commoditized. And that is, you know, you sell shoes, I sell shoes, you, you know, the other person sells shoes. Well, who's going to get the sale? You know, because if the person needs to buy shoes, there's no shortage of places that sell shoes. So from our perspective, one of the things that I'm always looking at is we have this um, the, this this need to build relationship because people buy from people they like. Mm. They buy from businesses they like. So we need to be focused less on the shoes and more on the relationship, because if I can make the relationship solid, the shoes follow you know, the transactions follow because I like who you are as a, as a company or as a person. And that's why a lot of e-commerce brands, we talk to a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs. And one of the, one of the biggest things that we really shoot for is um, having some kind of, I'm going to use the word spokesperson 
but behind most entrepreneurial brands, there's a there's a person, right? There's somebody who's designing the shoes. There's, you know, whatever that is, there's there's a person behind there. And the more personal the brand becomes, the more likable the brand becomes and the more relational it becomes. Mm. Um, that's why you get people like Kylie Jenner's and stuff like that who are who are the front people of their own products. Yeah. So how important do you think any business having a story is important? Do you think having a story is important for the business? Um, I think it's very important. I think it's more important when the business is new mm. um, because it wants to, once the product is established as being a product that delivers and has a little bit of what I'll call brand awareness, the story becomes less of a, of a consideration because people already know the product. But if I don't know your product, and you're just new to market, all of that, that background information is important, but it's only so important as it makes it relatable to the consumer. Because again, I don't want the conversation to be all about you and your story. I want it to be about the customer. So to the extent, for instance, if it's a product that's a, that's a female-owned business and her story is I'm a single mom and I'm an entrepreneur, and I make products that appeal to single moms, that story is relatable to the consumer because her consumer are likely single moms. So it, it's a, you know, for us, by us kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, to the extent that you tell me how, you know, you've been in family business for a hundred years and all of your cows have had the same name and this is the best milk in town, that's irrelevant to me. Does your milk taste good? Like, Tell me if it's healthy. Tell me if it's good. Like, tell me what it does for me. I don't care. Um, so, yeah, I think the stories are important, but only so important as they are relatable to the to the consumer. Yeah. So, but now, uh, for example, a business with this information, a lot of information about certain things and products and companies that are, for example, competing, how important it is to be uh, a, a business that pulls people in instead of pushing information out, do you think? hundred percent. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And that is, as an example, you know, we talk to a lot of entrepreneurs who, you know, they have somebody who does their social media, quote unquote, and, but their social media is just a bunch of pictures that get posted on Instagram. And I'm trying to explain to them, like, yes, you pushed a lot of pretty pictures on Instagram, but you don't have an audience. All you're doing is pushing content out there, but you're not bringing anybody in. So mm-hmm. we need to be out there getting involved in conversations and talking where the people are, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to just pushing it out and hoping somebody finds it. So what what was your favorite piece or your favorite chapter of uh, of the book? Well, I will say my favorite chapter. I get asked that question all the time, and I'll say that probably one of them, although there's several that I love, like one of my favorite chapters is called The First Fight. Um, and and the, the the book itself, it, it, I will say that, that that particular chapter talks about conflict resolution. Um, and there's there's a meme in there. And it's because you're, you've got us live and stuff, I'll actually show you the picture that's in that chapter on video. And what I love about it is the entire chapter is about conflict resolution, but one of the things that I think a lot of people do wrong is that they deal with conflict resolution by focusing on the problem and trying to solve it. And my my contention is that 
when most problems occur, they're not as big as we make them out to be. Um, we have a tendency to catastrophize situations. Yeah, and humans do that. Absolutely. So, you know, we have a problem right now, and it is the biggest problem going on in either one of our lives. And we are going to talk about this problem until we bring resolution. And I, I actually argue this, and I'll show you this image here, if you can see it in the book. Mm. It's a plane. It's, it, it's, a, it's an airplane. It's an old World War II fighter, and it actually shows a bunch of bullet holes all over the place. And I had seen this story around the time that I was writing. And it's a story about an engineer in World War II. So when the planes made it back to the British Air Force Base, somebody had said, well, look at all of the areas that the plane got hit. We should reinforce those areas um, on the planes before they go back out. And an engineer had an intuitive um, bent on things. And he said, no, 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 no. The areas that got hit, the damaged areas, are the areas that don't matter because those planes actually made it bad. He said, to the contrary, the areas that didn't get hit on these planes are likely the inverse of the planes that crashed. Okay. He said, so the areas that didn't get hit are the, are the reason that this plane survived. <laughs> That's where we need to reinforce. Yeah. Because the planes that we don't see are the ones that went down. Okay. And they probably yeah. got hit in the opposite places. That's why these survived and those died. And I thought, wow, like what a great metaphor for, you know, landing a relationship, you know, and that is we, we do end up with conflict. Conflict is going to arise in any relationship, whether it's clients, whether it's personal relationships, dating, family, you name it. Conflict arises, right? We're going to disagree on something. My my hope in this entire chapter focuses on let's not deal with the problem first. We still have to resolve the problem. But before we get into dealing with the problem, let's take some time to talk about the things that are right. The different options that are available that might be related to the problem. Kind of. Um, maybe, but but more so. You know, if 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 I'm in a dating relationship, as an example, there's a reason we're together. So the fact that we're having conflict in this one area, we probably are great together in these five areas. So before we go throwing a relationship away over the one thing that's going wrong, let's talk about the five things that go really right. Mm, yeah. And and let's focus on the reason that we're still together. And the same thing goes for a client. You know, we get clients who push feedback to our team and say, you know, this isn't right. This isn't what I asked for. This is bad. You know, I don't like it, whatever. And usually what they mean is there's a line that I don't like, or there's one image I don't like. But what I do is I make our clients, for instance, if it's a website, we start at the top of the website. I'm like, okay, let's go from top to bottom. And let's not talk about the thing you don't like first. Let's start at the top and just talk, do you, what do you think of this? Oh, that's great. What do you think of this messaging? That's exactly what we need. Well, what do you think of this? Well, that's, you know, that's the one that we're having the issue with. Okay, well, here's the reason we did that. Oh, that makes sense. We didn't know that. And, and, we're, and we end up in a conversation. And usually what we find out is the pros far outweigh the cons. Yeah. And 
we get back to that you hired us because we know what we're doing. And we we get back on the same page and we're good. Yeah, awesome. Because usually, like we are as human beings, it's weird like how we are really focused on the negative things first. When 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 everything go, is going well, it's awesome, it's awesome. But when there is some kind of an a bump or something that's not good for some side of either way, so it's like pausing and erasing everything. Right, so that's weird how we think about things that are bad and quickly want to change that and switch it. It's like, yeah, we as a human want to have pleasure all the time, but it's life. There is some bad moments are going to be there, whether in business or in personal life, in, in our life. So, Absolutely. yeah, how how do you deal that with your clients? And, and specifically, if they have, for example, someone that comes to you that I'm sure you might face it, maybe that have issues in business and in their life personally. Have you had someone like that at the same oh, time? All the time. Yeah. All the time. And the truth is, is there are, there are some people that the conflict won't be resolved. Mm. And, and there are some people who don't belong in your life. Let's be honest. There are, there are some relationships that need to be cut. Um, and sometimes conflict is a way to recognize uh, that those relationships can end. Um, but the reality is, is if we spend all of our time catastrophizing uh, everything that goes wrong, and as you're saying, like we tend to see the negative far before we weigh out the positive, we'd never stay in a relationship because there's always going to be a negative. If we if we only focused on the bad things about our vendors or our clients, we'd never have a vendor or a client because the reality is, is that there there will be problems. Yeah, will something. Someone's going to miss a deadline. There's always going to be those situations. Um, and the reality is, is that we, we can't, you know, metaphorically throw out the baby with the bathwater. Um, we, we have to make sure that we're focused on those positives because you're my client for a reason and I'm your agency for a reason. And, and likewise, somebody, you've got e-commerce listeners in your brand. You're going to get a customer who's going to be mad that you know the postal service crushed the box before it got before it got to their house, right? My my product arrived damaged. It didn't arrive on time. Whatever, you know what? It's going to happen. You're going to have those situations, and rather than fight with the customer, how about just fix it? Fix them and reassure them that you're here to solve their problems. You're so sorry the post office broke their box, and rather than you know oh that post office. I hate the post office. That's not our fault. We didn't do it. Like, Just fix it. Just fix the problem. Give them a new product and, and get on with your relationship. Show them how committed you are to the relationship, even when something goes wrong. Yeah. So what would you say some of the tools, resources, or even books that you read or recommend to people in general? Uh, common sense. That's what I'm going to say. Um, and, and I'm going to tell you this, and there's a golden rule that's do unto others as you would have them do to you. And, and I will say that so much of this entire book, Date Your Clients, so much of this book is focused on th- that, I would, I'll call it common sense. And for some people, they need it written down. For some of us, you know, we're a little slower to the pickup, but we intuitively know the way we want to be treated as a customer. And it intuitively makes sense to treat our own customers the same way. And I will say some of my greatest frustrations with our 
um, with some of our own vendors is, you know, and a vendor who just never delivers on time or never returns a phone call or whatever. And I'm like, I would never treat my clients that way. Or they're in business if they do this. Correct. Why are you in business if this is the way you treat people? And and again, intuitively, I just think you, you don't know better than that. Like, how do you not know that that's not good business? And we have a we have a vendor right now who they're just so bad. And it's you can never get a straight answer out of anything. We can never do anything to to help the situation. It's promise, 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 and then they always fail to deliver. And then they'll make another promise to us. And my answer is, sure, we'll see what happens. Well, why do you say that? Well, because every other promise you make fails. Well, you're just being negative. No, I'm, I'm just looking at history. We've been working with you for two years and everything you tell us will happen doesn't, doesn't happen. Like that, that's just history. So I would tell you, you, you know, you asked me what tools, what common sense, like treat, treat your customers the way you want to be treated. No different than if you're in a relationship with somebody, treat the person the way you want to be treated. You know, if, 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 if you're the person who never returns phone calls, don't expect somebody to return yours. <laughs> I mean, it's just common yeah. sense, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. So uh, what would you say one thing that you are particularly not good at and you would delegate to someone else? I have very little patience, Hussein, and I know that sounds terrible, but um, I have very low tolerance for bad service. Um, and I have very low tolerance for, for people who don't treat my way that I would treat theirs. Um, and I will say that my best practice in that is to delegate um, and to find someone else to deal with it. So, I mean, there's been multiple instances, even when we've gone to conferences and they're super disorganized um, and I get frustrated because I'm like, there's no way that this is going to work for me. Like, I need to walk away. Um, and my VP of ops is amazing at smoothing over situations. And I don't even need to say anything. I literally can just walk away from the situation and she she takes care of it. Um, because I know if I get involved, it's not going to end well. Like this is not going to go well. <laughs> uh, so, you know, you my weakness, my weakness, is I have very low tolerance for bad service. No. And because I expect the way that I treat my clients and, We bend over backwards to cater to our clients. Um, and I expect the same, truthfully. Mm, awesome. So where can people get in touch with you, Mark, if they want to learn more about you and your book? Yeah, so they can go right to dateyourclients.com. Um, and there's you know a page there that talks about the book and whatnot. They can certainly order it from Amazon if they're interested in learning more and enjoying a good, fun read. Um, or they can email me directly at markdateclients.com. I know you have a lot of entrepreneurial and e-commerce focused listeners. Um, so I would tell them if, if they just want some business advice, want to chat, want to do whatever, feel free. Reach out to me. Just marketdateyourclient.com and we can absolutely continue the conversation. Awesome. Thank you, Mark Young, for being today with me on this episode. And great tips about how to date your client and have a relationship with them. Thank you. Thank you. And it's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Success Grid. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you found value in the show, rate and leave a review on iTunes. 
For more resources, visit successgrid.net. Until next time.